Praise God. So I'm going to talk to you for just a few minutes. We're going to, you guys are going to love me because we're getting out of here early. I promise you I will land this plane. Just keep the lights blinking. I'll find a runway and we'll set her down. But I want, what I want to do is I want to help tonight. I've been living for God. Well, I've been trying to live for God for 32 years. Not as long as some, not as short as some, but in the 32 years that I've been living for God, I've learned a few things, and the, the greatest thing that I learned is about myself when it comes to living for God, because Christianity wants to blame Satan for a lot of stuff, and something I learned was that Satan is nothing more than a facilitator of my lust. The Bible says a man is drawn away of his own lust. It doesn't say that the devil comes, puts something in front of him, and then he's drawn away. So if I, if, I guess I could put it like this. If you needed a house, you would call a realtor. And the realtor is a facilitator. He finds you or she finds you the house you're looking for. So when it comes to living for God, a lot of times we put the blame on God when the blame... The problem is right here. So I'm just going to talk about that for a little bit tonight, and hopefully I'm going to help some people, and if not, I'm going to help me. So see, if without Jesus 30-some years ago, I wouldn't have cared what you, <laughs> whether you got it or not, because that was my nature. My nature was, here's to you, here's to me. If anything should happen to you, here's to me, All right? And unfortunately, lots of human beings are like that. When it comes to living, it's about me, my world, what I need, what I want. And I'll help you if I can, but if I can't, oh well. So hopefully this will help. Amen? So be seated. I promise this isn't going to take long, he said confidently. Everything that I have found out about God is that the first thing that I have to understand is that God is love. That's the first thing you got to understand. Well, we say that, and we say that we know that, but what happens when things go wrong, the first thing you think is, what did I do wrong? Why is God punishing me? Right? Let's all be honest. If you can't be honest, you'll never make it to heaven. Right? So the first thing we do is things start going wrong, is we either blame it on the devil because he's attacking me, or what did I do wrong? Why is God punishing me? So then we repent, and then we try to cover all the bases. We repent for everything, and the trouble's still there, and then you can't figure out why God's still mad at you. Well, the Bible says that God is right and just to forgive us when we ask. So when we ask and he forgives us, what, what would, would he be punishing you for? So what we're saying is God's an abuser. Because if he forgets our, if I say forgive me and he forgives me and he puts my sin in the sea of forgetfulness, and he, if he's still punishing me, right? It's simple, isn't it? But it's right. So when I, if I, if he's quick to forgive, which he is, and I'm quick to take advantage of that forgiveness 
and my trouble persists and I keep blaming it on God, that tells me that I don't know who or what God is. When I'm talking to people, a lot of times they'll be going through something and I'll say, I'll say this to them. I'll, I'll ask them a question. I said, if there's one thing you could do right now that would make God love you more than he does right now, what would that one thing be? And you'll see them go. And the fact that they do this, like they're thinking about it, proves they don't know God. Because you can't do one thing to make him love you more than he does right now. Nothing. There's nothing you can do. And yet, we persist in trying to think of ways we can get him to love us more. So that tells me that I don't understand his nature. His nature is love. Everything he does is for my good. Which good? We want it to be my temporal good. That's where the problem is. We want temporal good. He wants eternal good. He cares about where my soul resides at the end of time. And he's not necessarily as concerned about my temporal comfort as I am. And so when my temporal comfort is involved, I think he doesn't love me. Right? Now, you all know I lost my child five years ago, right? So how do I say God loves her? Because that was the argument I had with God. You know, I said, God, I would never give my daughter cancer like it, he gave her cancer. What, what does that tell you? I didn't understand God at the time. Right? I said, you, you're, and I'm throwing scriptures at him, right? Like he doesn't know his own scriptures yet. You said that if I, being evil, know how to get good gift to my children, how, you being the father, how much more? I said, if you can't talk to God like that, you, you don't know God. Bishop told me when my daughter passed away, he says, you know, you're going to say some things to God, and don't worry, he's heard them before. <laughs> but in that trial of my faith, I learned some things about me and about in me that is in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. So my capacity to love is dependent on God because human nature is not love. Human nature is vengeance. That's our nature. Now, we don't want to see, I go back to what I said in the beginning when we were worshiping. We get out our yardstick and we say, where am I on the yardstick? Well, he does worse sins than me, so I'm closer to God. And then, you know, they're down here and I'm up here and, well, I, I haven't attained to this yet. In me, that is in my flesh, there dwells no, nothing, no good thing. The capacity to love, agape love, is not in me unless I have the Spirit of God. And it, it dawned on me one day that when I lived, and I, some of you heard me say this before, when I lived in the world, my flesh leaned as close to the world as it could because my flesh wants control. And when I got saved, my flesh leaned as close to God as it could get because it wants control. 
That's why when things go wrong, I start thinking, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? That tells you your flesh is in control. Our flesh imitates good. But in me, that is in my flesh, there's no good thing. I've got to get that through my head. Because if I don't get that through my head, then I never have the capacity to understand God is love. Because I keep trying to attain to be like him. That's what my flesh wants. Now, he wants to make me more like him. But the only way that can happen is by his spirit. That's a spiritual work. And what I've seen coming into church is that a lot of people play checkers in the world. And this, this is a metaphor, right? This is a parable. How's that? In the world, we get checkers. We've got this big plastic sheet. It's got squares on it. And we've got these great big black pieces of plastic and these big red pieces of plastic. And we square off and we play checkers. And when we came to God, we play checkers. We just use different pieces. And so I get my initial salvation, I get my initial saving grace, I get the Holy Ghost, and I think, oh, my sins are taken away, and then I go about playing the same game because my flesh wants control. (laughs) So I end up playing the same game in the church as I played in the world. How do I know I'm playing the same game? The fruit of the Spirit tells you whether or not the Spirit of God is doing a work in you. But what we try to do is through the flesh, we try to imitate the fruits of the Spirit. We try to be long-suffering. We try to be kind. We try to love. We try, and you know what happens? We get frustrated. We get tired with people, and we get fed up, and we get. Because my flesh wants control. And so if I understand that the nature of God is love and that if I want to be able to love, then I have to allow his spirit to love through me. This is not new teaching, but I hope it becomes more clear at the end of the night. If I don't allow his spirit to flow through me, then that love of the love of God doesn't work. Now, you, we read about spiritual, spiritual gifts, Right? Spiritual gifts, not not fruit, but gifts. We all want spiritual gifts because we all want to be, we think spiritual gifts makes us spiritual. Eh, wrong answer. I'll take spiritual gifts for 400, please. Because you have a spiritual gift does not make you spiritual. It's, I was standing on a, when I left here for a year, took a leave of absence, I went to a restaurant that needed fixing and its foundation was faulty. Interesting how God works in our lives. I had to leave here. I had to get away from here. I was, people were driving me crazy because I was doing it through the flesh. I had all kinds of gifts working, but it, it was my flesh was leaning into God, right? So... He created it where I, I just had to get out of here. So I went to a building that had a faulty foundation. In the middle of that job, one early one morning, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden it hit me how base I am, how in my flesh there dwells no good. It just suddenly hit me that without God, I could be a rapist. I could be a murderer. See, we don't think we could do that. That's the biggest lie that there is. Given the right set of circumstances, the right pressures in life, you could do that. 
and it, and then not understanding that the, the capability for all that is it, it lives in my flesh. It's there. Whether I want to admit it or not, it's there. Right? When I say, oh no, it's not there, then I lie. And I was standing there in the middle of that job site, and I thought, oh my God, I am so, and that's what I said to the Lord, I am so base. How can you love me? Like, like you do. And I heard that quiet voice say, in the understanding of the depth of your carnality begins spirituality. Now you think about that. I had to understand myself so that I could see him as he is. That's what Isaiah did. Isaiah said, I, I looked up, I beheld the Lord, and I said, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. And when he understood how unclean he was, when he saw God, he saw himself. And then when he saw himself, God could come and take the fire, the coal from the altar and change him. So until I see me, I don't really see him. And if I don't really see him, because I'm in the way, then the fruit of the Spirit is never born in my life. We know I go to church with people that have no fruit of the Spirit. None. And they've been living for God for years. And I'm not down on them. It's just they, you, you have to get that revelation. You have to see Him so you can see you, so you can see how much you need Him, so you can let Him change you. <laughs> I hope you wrote that down because I could never repeat it. Right? So we go to Galatians chapter 5. Right? I was going to read just verse 22 about the fruit of the Spirit, but what I'm going to do is we'll go back to verse 11. Now let's go to 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. See? See what happens? But by love serve one another. What love? His love. Not my love. Okay? For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. This is what's in us. See, when we read this, we think, I would never do that. I would never do that. And therein lies the, the problem. Which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. Without him, at any time, we could be given over to any one of those, and such like. That's not even the whole list. I don't see anywhere in there where it says long-suffering meekness. Because that's the works of the flesh. That's what's in the flesh. That's what's in the flesh. Right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. 
And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Okay? If I don't have His Spirit, if I don't allow His Spirit to manifest itself in me, how do I get the love of God in me? By allowing the Spirit of God, seeing myself. I'm supposed to look in this book, not in my self-help books. This book. And this book will show me me. The good thing is this book will show me what I can be. If I allow the God, the Spirit of God, to flow through me and I follow after the Spirit of God. If I just come in church and I'm trying to be saved, I will do good works because my flesh leans as close to God as it can get. But I, if I don't have the fruit of the Spirit being born in my life, then the Spirit of God is not doing its work in my life. How's your fruit? Well, I'm pretty good here, and I no. Look at the list. How's your fruit? What does that tell me? It tells me I haven't seen me, so that I can see him, so that I can see me, so that I can say, "Change me." I learned, you learn the lessons hard. I've been married 40 years. For the first 15 years, I was trying to make my wife into the girl I used to date. Because the girl you dated is not the girl you married. Because the girl you married, the girl you dated is putting on airs. She's being her best. The girl you marry, or the man you marry, is not that person. That's usually where you start struggling. About that year in, you're like, oh, my God. And I'm sure my wife thought, shoot me now. <laughs> and I would try, I would just go at her, trying to get her to be that woman that I thought she was supposed to be. And then finally one day, I looked up to heaven and I said, Lord, make me a better husband. And lo and behold, when I allowed him to start working on me, I started to see all the stuff I needed to change in it. And I don't know how this works, but as I changed, she started doing all that stuff I've been trying to make her do for 15 years. You listening to me, Adam? This, this is good advice. But what I did was, in, in the problems in my marriage, I, was, I, I can't keep blaming her. So I started to look at me, and then I thought, you know what? If I was better, maybe this would change. And as soon as I said that, God started to change me. And I thought, you know, I'm doing pretty good here. And then when my mother passed away, if you knew my mother, about that tall, red-headed Irish, tough as nails, and brutal. Loved her. She loved me to death, but she couldn't show it. She didn't know how to. She was, you were never good enough. Never, never, ever good enough, ever. And she would say things to, she would shame you or try to belittle you to get you to do better. And she would do it to my father. And for years, I thought, Dad, smack her. I'm being honest. He's six foot four. She's five foot one. Hit her. And for years, I was mad at my father. Because he let her push him around like that. 
And then when she died, I, I don't know what happened, but we were talking, and I suddenly saw my father for what he was. He was more Christ-like than me because he loved my mother unconditionally. He loved my mother with God's love. And for the first time in my life, I said, Lord, make me more like him. And that's 30-plus years into my marriage. God works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He works in me if I let him. He's not going to force you. He's not going to change you. You got to see that in you, in my flesh, there dwells no good. If I can't see that, I don't get the rest of it. Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit. How do they work? Through love. It's the love of God. If I have this, but I don't have love, charity, he calls it, love, then I have nothing. I'm tinkling brass. I'm sounding cymbal. He goes through all the gifts, all the things that people clamor after to be spiritual and says, if you're not operating through the love of God, it's worth nothing. See, we want the spirit, the power, but we don't want the fruit to balance it. Because over here, if I have the gifts, I don't really have to change because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I can operate it and be lost. (laughs) But if I'm operating it, boy, I look spiritual. Am I making sense? I'm trying to help. We're supposed to love the lost. How do I love the lost? Oh, we go out, we'll teach them a Bible study. No. <laughs> teach them a Bible study is a tool. To love the lost, I have to have the love of God for souls flowing through me. If I don't have the love of God flowing through me, then I'm doing it to be good. So that the pastor doesn't give me a hard time. This is It's true whether you like it or not. The love of God constrains me. It may, it, but I have to allow it. If I don't allow it, then I have no, there's no change. I'm just playing the same game with different pieces. And I get nowhere. So, you know, you heard the bishop talk about it before. We're going to get to heaven and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, did not we cast out devils in your name? Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name? Those are born again. They're Antiochers. And he says, never knew you. I'm sorry. I don't see your name on the list. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy. Look again. I'm sure I'm there. I paid my dues. No. Because the thing that was driving me was my flesh. Me. Me, 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 me. Instead of the thing that was leading me was him. Does that make sense? So we we come to church. We come to church twice on Sunday. We come Thursday. Lately, it seems like we've been coming... 50 times in the last three weeks, it seems like. But if I don't change, if I'm not allowing the the Spirit of God to flow through me, where do I do that? The best place to start is your worship, not your praise. Praise, did you realize a sinner can praise, right? 
says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's, that's sinners and saints alike. But it takes, it takes a born again believer to worship. And when I allow the love of God through my worship and I touch, you cannot touch God and not be changed. You can't. It's impossible. So if I leave and I'm not changed, what does that tell me? I didn't touch God. And the easiest place to do it is through the worship. Because that's where I open me up to him. And so I can see my need of him. I can see him high and lifted up. I can say I'm a man of unclean lips. And then he changes me. Amen. I want to be more like him. I can't do that on my own. I can't do that. There's nothing in me that can produce that. I can imitate it. But there's nothing in me to produce it. Except the Spirit of God. And me seeing me. I have to see me. But I see me through his love. Because if I just look at me through me, I have no hope. All right? How many times have you said that to yourself? I, I'll never change. I don't know. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. And I, I just don't think I can ever change. You can't. You're right. You can't. But he can change you. He can change us. He can change me. He can change you. He can change us. He can save the lost. And I can have the fruit of the Spirit evident in my life because as I yield myself to Him, those things will produce themselves. That's a healthy relationship. Why? Because I become more like Him. Amen? Now, that was painless, wasn't it? Mostly. I told you I'd be out of here quick. Look, watch this. I'm landing the plane. Please buckle up your seatbelt, stay in your seats until we come to a full and complete stop. Listen, I've watched, I, I counsel with people and I talk to people and I, I try to help people. Whoever the Lord wants me to help, I'll help. I don't help people because I want to. <laughs> I help people because the Lord says to. And sometimes he says, don't help them yet. And that's his love. You know, I want it now. Well, that's why you're not getting it now. (laughs) Right? And so we have to allow God to be God. Let God be God and let us be his children. That's easy. Stop trying to be God. And you'll have a much easier time. Amen. Let's stand. I can see the, the landing gears down. If we have to ditch in the water, there's a flotation device device under your seat. Can you just raise your hands? Say, Lord, let me see me so that I can see you so that I can really see me.
Because when I understand the depth of what I can be without him, when I see that, then I understand how much I need him. And that's when he becomes my God. And I become his sheep, his people. Amen? Jesus' name, Lord, let this word touch their hearts. Help it to change. Let the love of your spirit, let your spirit, your nature be manifest in us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. You're dismissed.